This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. Hi, I'm uh, Pastor Brad, and uh, I'd like you to join me in prayer. It seems appropriate after the tragedy that we have uh, witnessed this past week that we just take a moment of of, uh, prayer together. So join me, will you? God, it is hard to imagine that we can sing songs of joy and salvation as our hearts break for the family members of those who have died in the last couple of days as a result of this uh, tragic turn of events. We, we, uh, we hear the, the voices of children, even in this service now, and it reminds us uh, that life is precious, that, that some of the victims of this uh, tragedy, for all practical purposes, had their entire lives ahead of them, only to have them end suddenly and without reason and, and, and that's hard to, to get our head around it's hard for me to get my head around even as a pastor trying to find words to, to both express the sadness and the, the, the sense of shame that, that this isn't the first time that this has happened so on this day God here at Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska we present to you a couple dozen families who are in deep pain. We don't know them. We probably would have never known them if it wasn't for the turn of events. But we can imagine what they're going through. So we offer them to you. We pray that uh, the communities, the, the spiritual communities that they may be part of can envelop them and come around them during this time of pain. We thank you that that in spite of the sadness, in spite of the loss, in spite of the shocking character of this event, as we go into this season, that there, there's still a sense of hope, there's still a Savior that is born, that comes, there's still a God that comforts, and most of all, there, there's still another day. God, hear our prayers today and assure us, comfort us, and and help us to proclaim the salvation that we know is ours in Jesus, even in the midst of the sorrow. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. If you join me for the word of God in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And also at Isaiah 12, 2 through 6. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And that day you will say, 
Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Some people have uh, said that we live in the most secular culture of, of all time. Polls, if you read polls and trust polls, which that, there's perhaps a good reason not to, but nevertheless, polls continue to indicate that the percentage of those who attend church um, on, an, on an annual basis or on a regular basis is, is declining year after year after year. Others look at the sort of um, loosening of some of the social mores that many of us grew up with, and they suggest that we are rapidly approaching a point of no return. And, and if that's not enough to turn your holiday spirits into a, more, a moment of, of bah humbug, I don't know what is. And, and then we have this tragedy that took place in Connecticut a couple of days ago that, that, that startles us. It startles us out of our holiday cheer as we wonder, what in the world is God up to? And I don't know if we're becoming a less religious than our parents' generation. I don't know that for sure. When I hear folks bemoan the fact that, uh, that, that we've drifted from our religious moorings, as I implied a minute ago, which, which might be the case, uh, you know, I, I only have a limited perspective, but the one thing that I am certain of, the one thing that I am certain of, is that we still live in a culture that prays. Because every time I turn around, I hear someone calling on the name of God. Listen sometime. Whether it's the prayers that come from the end of a bad golf shot. Oh, God, what are you doing? Or it's the prayers of a victim of a senseless tragedy. I have a hunch that people are praying more now than they ever have. So I don't know how to make this work, the fact that we're becoming less religious on the one hand and people are praying more than ever. It's a little incongruent to me, to be honest. In fact, the content of some of the prayers that are prayed today and especially in this week. They haven't changed much over the years, if you think about it. Whether our prayers find themselves in the middle of our, our sort of religious experience, our religious liturgy while we sit in church, or as our wheels slip out from under us, as we are, our, our, our car is going out of control, as we're traveling 50 miles an hour on the Glen Highway, we're, we're praying the same prayers. Our prayers are a, a cry to God, or, or whomever may happen to be listening at the time, depending on what your inclination is. And, and our prayers can be summarized by one word. You know what that word is? Help. God, help. Anne Lamott, in a recent book that she has published on prayer, boils prayer down to three essential prayers that we all know and we all pray all the time. And those three prayers are help, thanks, and wow. 
Now, think about your prayer life for a moment. Can you categorize your prayers into one of those categories? I suspect you can't. Help? A lot of us have been praying that prayer this last few days. Thanks. Wow. And this is what she says about our prayers of help. She says, prayer is taking a chance that against all odds and past history, we are loved and chosen and do not have to get it together before we show up. That's right. That's what prayer is. If all prayer comes down at its most basic level to this sort of guttural and, and sometimes indiscernible cry of help, then the real question is not whether or not we are a praying culture. The real question is not whether or not we are becoming less religious or, you know, I don't know. what The real question is to whom do we direct our prayers and what does it matter? Another way to think about this prayer of help is is to view it as a prayer for safety. Who among us in the last couple of days have not looked at our children, picked up our children, thought about calling our children, even if they're adults, and said, are you okay? That's a prayer of help. Or a prayer for stability when our lives to appear to have gone off the tracks. Or even a prayer of a child who is frustrated while trying to get dressed all by themselves. Help me, Mommy. Help me. You see that the same prayers. And as we get older and as we get wiser, we, we think that our prayers actually become more articulate and, and sophisticated. They really don't. The prayers that we learned as children give way to, to our more articulate praying. We sprinkle our prayers with words like, in your mercy, or, or if thy will be done, or, or in the name of. But they're still prayers of, of help. And if Lamont is right, if Annie Lamont is right, if we stop to to listen to our prayers at any point in our lives, whether we are young and whether we are old, they essentially come down to a prayer for help. Help in in the midst of our sadness and sorrow. Help in our loss of control where things that are going on around us, we don't have the, the ability or the power to change. Help to make it through another day without finding ourselves in a heap of emotion in the middle of the floor. Oh, we're, we're a praying culture, all right. <laughs> and the most often used prayer of all time is that the prayer that people have been praying since the time of Isaiah. God, help. Help us. In Isaiah chapter 12, which was read for us a moment ago, we are given a glimpse, just a glimpse, of God's answer to that prayer through the words of the prophet Isaiah. And, and up until this point, just uh, to give you just a little bit of background, not much, but up until this point in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is painting a pretty bleak uh, picture of the future of the people of God. You know, that's what prophets do. They kind of tell the truth. It's not always pretty. And Isaiah's been doing that in the first 11 chapters. And then at the beginning of chapter 12, where we read this passage of Scripture this morning, the clouds break momentarily and you can see blue sky. Just for a moment. And the prophet Isaiah says this, Surely God is my salvation. 
I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You see what's going on here. In response to the people's cries to God for help, the solution to their current predicament, the answer to their yearnings for peace in the face of the circumstances that don't make sense to them is simply this. Surely God is my salvation. Surely God. Now, I, I, uh, I suppose I could spend the next few moments parsing the meaning of this sentence that I've just read for you. We could take a closer look at the adverb surely, not the person like Laverne and Shirley, but the word surely. And, and I could point out to you that it implies a certain level of confidence in that which follows. So when you use that word in a sentence, there's a sen- sense of confidence. Uh, then we could go on and define who this God is in whom Isaiah is expressing his confidence. And then we could discover that the verb is a present active verb that implies immediate action on the part of the subject in this sentence, and so on and so on. Surely God is my salvation, Isaiah says. It's simply that. It is Isaiah's answer to the most often prayed prayer of all time. Help. And if Isaiah were to boil it down to one word answer, he would simply say, God. Now, further down in this passage, Isaiah describes the help that God intends to bring to their situation like this. Listen to this. He says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In other words, something that you may look at as a chore in your life, which is to go out every day with your five-gallon bucket and draw water for the day's needs, something that is a chore for you will become the moment where you can have joy. Imagine that. And this is not the only place where we see this interesting link between water and salvation. Can any of you think of another time in the New Testament where we see water and salvation linked together. There's that very familiar story in the Gospels where Jesus meets a woman at the well. You remember that? And you know the story, so I'm not going to go into the details of it. But she finds herself, this woman, drawing water from this well in the middle of the day. And there's lots of reasons for that that we're, again, not going to go into. And Jesus comes along, this strange Jewish man, and he asks her for a cup of water. And she's a Samaritan. And she is surprised that a Jewish man would stop and give a Samaritan woman the time of day, much less ask to to have a cup of water from her. And before she knows it, this man Jesus is asking her if she would like to drink from a well that never runs dry. A number of weeks ago, I sat with somebody in my office who, uh, who said to me, every time I walk into church, I want to cry. I go, oh, what, why do you think that is? She said, she said I, I don't know. Just my emotions are, are close to the surface. And 
And I, I, we talked at some length, and it doesn't really matter at this point what we talked about, but um, I, I said to her at a certain point in our conversation, I said, you know, I, I think I know why you, you, you want to cry every time you come to church. She goes, really, what? What is it? I said, it's, let me tell you a story about a woman at a well who spent her life drawing water from a well that she thought could satisfy her, and she discovered that it couldn't. And that the only, the only water that she could drink that could possibly satisfy all of the issues in her life was the water that this man named Jesus could offer her. And I think that woman's story is your story. She started to cry. This ordinary necessity of drawing water becomes the metaphor for the answer to our prayers. There is a well from which we can drink that is the answer to the most often heard prayer of all time, help. And Isaiah describes a time when joy will return as the people of God draw water from a well of salvation. Those are his exact words. Jesus offers that water to a woman whose life surely indicates that she knew that prayer of help well. And today God offers that water to us as our hearts cry out for water in the midst of our parched and dry and sad and sorrowful time. Jesus says, drink, drink until you're full. Our, our prayers for help are not only answered by a God who brings salvation, by a, by a Savior whose birth we prepare to celebrate in a couple weeks, and you can see that we're ready for it all around me here. The answer to our prayers of help lead us to burst out in song. That's what Isaiah says. Because of what God has done. Look at verse 5 with me for just a moment. Isaiah says in verse 5, Sing to the Lord, for He has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. This song, this song that is on our lips is a natural outpouring of the joy that comes to those whose prayer for help has been answered once and for all by a loving God in the birth of a child who brings salvation to the whole earth. The song that we sing reflects our understanding that God indeed is and always will be answering our prayer. We sing because our sadness has been mitigated by the reality that our world is not going to hell in a handbasket, even though it feels that way sometimes. We sing when we're down and out because we have been given a glimpse of the end of the story. We know how it ends. It's like going into to the Hobbit movie and you've already read the book. You already know how it's going to end. We sing when all hope seems lost because we believe when God answers our prayers for help, He does so once and for all. Now, it would be, it'd be really easy for us, and maybe some of you have started this already, to sort of collect all of the stories of bad news that have confronted us in the last few weeks. And you can wave it around and you can say, see, see, God has left the building. You know, kind of like Elvis has left the building. God has left the building. It would be easy for us to give up as a relationship that is important to us shows the strain 
of circumstances that are beyond our control. It would be easy for us to resign ourselves to watching all of this bad news and saying just like the people of God did in the time of Isaiah, where is our help when we need it? And the answer to our prayer for help is the same answer that God has been giving from time in memoriam. The answer to our prayer for help is not locked away in some box that we have to spend the rest of our lives searching for. The answer to our prayer is the same answer that God has been giving all along. The answer is it is a Savior who is born this day who is Christ the Lord. Thank you. The birth of a Savior is, the, is God's answer to our prayers. Now, let, let me be quick to say at this point that, uh, that I don't mean to suggest that we will not and should not feel the stab of pain or sorrow or sadness when tragedy strikes, whether it's across the country or across the street. I don't mean to suggest that we will not feel a deep sense of sadness when our spouse walks away without even trying. I don't mean to suggest that we will not feel the pain when a parent doesn't recognize us anymore because of dementia or Alzheimer's. God's answer to the world's problems is not a quick fix and then we're on our way. Don't, don't hear me say that. God's answer to our cry of help is the only answer that can, can bear the weight of our pain. It is the only answer that is not trite in the face of the great struggle that we all face. God's answer is the birth of a Savior who is born and who dies to address the world's problems and perhaps most important of all, our sin. And when we pray the most often heard prayer of all time, don't worry. Don't worry if you don't speak in articulate theological sentences. It's okay. Don't be afraid to, to, to hang on for dear life as you wait for God to fulfill His promises. Keep on praying. Keep on hoping. Keep on singing the song of salvation that is on your lips even now. Annie Lamott says it like this. Praying help <laughs> means that, that we ask that something give us the courage to stop in our tracks right where we are, and turn our fixation away from the Gordian knot of our problems. We stop the toxic peering, instead turn our eyes to something else, to our feet on the sidewalk, to the middle distance, to the hills whence our help comes, someplace else, anything else. Maybe this is a shift of only eight degrees, but it can be a miracle. I don't know if we are becoming more or less religious in our day, but I do know that we all pray a lot. And one of the prayers that we pray is a prayer for help. And I also want to stand here today and assure you that God has been and is now and will answer that prayer every time we pray it. God, uh, I've prayed that prayer. I've prayed that prayer when my life is a mess, when it's swirling hopelessly out of control, when the facade of me being in charge of my life begins to crumble at the edges. I've I've prayed that prayer. And and I know that, that 
there will be many times in the future that I pray that prayer again. And whether it comes from deep religious sentiments or whether it comes as an explanation in the midst of my everyday routine, thank you for being a God that not only hears that prayer, but is answering that even now. God help us. God help God.